This is Mindful Mostly. What's going on? It's a show for those of us who are mindful eh, most of the time. We tackle everything from wellness, career, goals, manifesting, all the things that help you live your best life in the most down-to-earth way possible. I'm Andrea Collins. On today's show, Erin Burry is here. This is cool. She's a marketer, tech expert, and entrepreneur who is named one of Marketing Magazine's top 30 under 30. She's the CEO at estate planning startup Willful. She's also the founder of, I love this, the County Wine Tours in Prince Edward County, which is um, wine country here in Canada. And it's basically wine bike tours, which pretty much means I'm in love with her just because of that right there. That basically sums up what being mindful mostly is all about. You get your biking exercise in um, as you bike from winery to winery. So fun. Today, we're going to talk to her about building a super successful tech company with her husband and the dynamic of that, her values, habits, rituals, and routines that have helped her succeed as a female entrepreneur, also when it comes to wellness, how she finds big ideas and follows through with goals, and a a mantra that she follows that she got from her mom that's going to make you stop, pause, think for a minute, and go, yes, (laughs) because that's what I did. I've been thinking about it ever since I heard it, actually. First, though, this episode is sponsored by TELUS Online Security, powered by Norton LifeLock. They've partnered to provide Canadians an all-in-one solution to help protect their devices, online privacy, personal information, and more, which is so important these days. Get this, according to the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre, thousands of Canadians have collectively lost more than $60 million to fraud this year alone. Do you know somebody that's had their personal information stolen online? Maybe you, maybe someone you know. I have a friend, um, Rebecca, who has had a terrible experience after having her information stolen online. She's, uh, her credit is a wreck. She has a hard time when she calls the bank, having them even believe it's her anymore. It's just been an absolute mess. So now more than ever, it is important that we proactively protect ourselves from online threats, especially during this more connected than ever period. I mean, I don't know about you, but I am online all the time. I socialize online. I work online. I do all of my shopping online. So we've got to keep ourselves especially uh, safe. Norton LifeLock is simple to use and packages range from only $10 to $30 per month. You can learn more about how to get geared up with this all-in-one online security solution at telus.com slash online security. If you need that again, you can find it in the show notes. All right, let's talk to Aaron Burry. Okay, why don't you start by introducing yourself to the Mindful Mostly audience? Yeah, for sure. So I would categorize myself as a an entrepreneur and a tech enthusiast. I've been part of the startup community for over a decade in Toronto, both as a startup employee, uh, as an agency owner who worked with a lot of startup companies, and now as the CEO and co-founder of, uh, of a tech startup myself. Uh, and I also am really passionate about kind of mentorship and helping young entrepreneurs. 
in my personal life, I am on a couple boards of charities. I'm on the board of Save the Children Canada, and I'm the co-chair of the Tech for Sick Kids Committee, so really involved with philanthropy. Uh, and my husband and I love to watch Dateline and any sort of true crime show and <laughs> eat pizza and drink wine. Oh, God, that sounds so good. <laughs> It's like, even though that's what I do every night now, it's still when like 5 p.m. rolls around, I'm still looking forward to doing that exact same thing all over again. And I'd, I'd just like to point out that I was watching Dateline long before COVID hit. So this is like a lifelong <laughs> obsession, not just a COVID obsession. I'm always surprised because like, especially this time of year, all of the lists are coming out of the most streamed television shows or podcasts. And I'm always surprised at how in the top five, Usually four out of five is like the murder mysteries or like some terrible story about a cult leader and it's always something gruesome. And those are always the the most listened to ones or the crime ones. And that's you and your husband. <laughs> oh, definitely. We're keeping them in business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So tell us about Willful. Yeah. So Willful is uh, an online estate planning platform that helps Canadians create a will and power of attorney documents. And really, it stemmed from a personal experience. So my husband's uncle passed away a few years ago unexpectedly. And, you know, like most of us, he had not put together a comprehensive plan for what for his end of life wishes. And so we found ourselves just kind of sitting around debating what his wishes would have been for funeral and burial mm. plans and searching for key documents. And it was just one of those. It was totally my husband's idea. Um, but he kind of said, you know, we're using Wealthsimple. We're using all of these other tech enabled tools to plan for other aspects of our life, whether it's travel or transportation or finances. Why are we still going to a lawyer like we did 50 years ago and doing estate planning the same way that we always have? And how can we also use technology to make those conversations more approachable because, you know, as soon as I mention death, everyone's eyes kind of get a little bit scared and nobody likes to think about this stuff, right? But it's mm -hmm. so important. And we really saw kind of the impact of what happens when you don't plan for that stuff. So, uh, so yeah, that's the, that's, that's willful. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. You know, we, once Steve and I had our daughter, we were like, oh man, yeah, we've got to, we've got to get our will together. And Steve was actually like, oh, you know, we should use Willful, Willful, Steve's in tech. And I hadn't heard of it. And then when he told me about it, I was like, yes, this is perfect. Let's do it. We still have to do it. <laughs> it's top of the list. And you know what? I love hearing about a company such, of your, such as yours because I incorporated my business this year and I used, um, uh, what was it called? Owner. I, I used owner. Yeah. yeah. And so similar, similar situation. It's a traditionally, it would have been going, signing a stack of papers with lawyers, costing an arm and a leg. And in the same situation, they had streamlined it. I did it all from home. They just made it very simple, like to walk me through the process. And it made that factor less daunting. And so it sounds like willful is the same situation. And I'm loving that. I'm loving tech simplifying our lives and also how, you know, us millennials, we want it to be easy and it should be easy when it's these huge life situations like planning for a will as well. It's like, like you said, it's daunting. No one really wants to think about it. So why add another layer of complexity and dauntness, um, which would be finding a lawyer, going to the lawyer, et cetera, et cetera. 
A hundred percent. And to your point, I think it really is this democratization of complex and opaque processes. Because I hear you on the business incorporation, and I used to work with owner; they were a client of my agency, and it, it is the same idea. Same with TurboTax. Any of these sites that are kind of just building this step-by-step process that removes the legalese and navigates really complex things. So, yeah, it, it definitely is a trend that we're seeing beyond just estate planning. When it comes to having a big idea, like when I think of willful and I think I think of owner, it's it was like a personal experience where you were like, this shouldn't have been so difficult. How can we make it easier for people in the future? Do you do you walk around thinking about that now? Like, are you wary of your experiences and and always kind of on your toes, thinking like, could we make this more streamlined? Honestly, absolutely not. Um, and I'll, no. I'll say that because I I always say I'm not really one of those born entrepreneurs. I really think there's two types of entrepreneurs. There's the born entrepreneurs, which is totally my husband, Kevin, and they walk around exactly like you said, Andrea, where they're you know, they see an, a business opportunity in everything and a chance to monetize or solve something. Uh, and this was just, you know, the one business that we actually acted on. He had a million other ideas over the years because we've been together for, you know, over a decade. Uh, I am not the same. I grew up with parents who worked at Fortune 500 companies. I don't even think I knew what the word entrepreneur meant. So it was never just something that appealed to me. It was never something I even knew was a career path. And I wasn't one of those people who looked at something and thought, oh, this could be a business idea. I just waited for other people to solve problems. So we always joke that we kind of make a great pair in business because Kev's the one that comes up with the ideas. And I'm absolutely more the executor who takes that idea and crystallizes it and builds it into something. What a great combo. How did you guys meet? Oh, this is a good one. So we met in high school. Uh, we both grew up in Georgetown, which is just west of Toronto. And uh, I saw him across the foyer in grade nine. Thought <laughs> he was pretty cute. If you've seen him, he's a former child model. He's got a good face. And uh, I, I was like, I got to date that guy. So we dated for a couple months in grade 10. He broke up with me, broke my heart. The only way I got over it was Justin Timberlake's first album. And then, great. <laughs> great okay. album. And then we just kind of went our own ways and always you know, watched out for each other on social media as soon as Facebook launched, because I remember a time when Facebook wasn't a thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then yeah, we ended up moving two streets away from each other in Toronto after we both went to school, ran into each other one night after a Spice Girls concert, which is a very important detail. Uh, He wasn't at the concert, I was but uh, ran into each other. And that was 2008. And we've been together ever since. Stop. So what was it like running into each other? Well, it was just one of those things where, you know, I always had a thing for him still. And I think even though he may not admit it, he definitely did uh, for me as well. So it was just one of those things where like, I kind of always knew that we would end up together. Um, oh my God. And I don't really believe, I mean, so I know good. we're talking about like mindfulness and spirituality, but I'm, I don't really believe in that whole like soulmates or love at first sight or things like that. I, there's 6 billion people on the planet. There's got to be a lot of people that you could be married to uh, and be happy. But it was one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I, I really found my person. Um, and uh, and then we just, you know, kind of made it official. That is so romantic. This is the, that's like, it sounds like a really good made for TV movie. 
Well, it'll be a great made-for-TV movie when we sell our business for like three billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's the. Ha- I mean, this 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 is the romance happy ending. I'm waiting for the business happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have a question. Since since so so you work with your partner day in and day out, and um, a lot of us are working yeah. from home with our partners. Uh, myself, case in point, Steve and I have been together every single day for a year now, <laughs> and. We're not even working together, but we're working at home in the same house at all times. How do you balance your work life and your personal life when you work with your spouse? Yeah, I mean, listen, if you have an answer for this, I would love to know it because I think people ask people ask everyone this who who work with each other. And uh, now we all work around each other. But I think it's, there's no secret, right? Everyone will tell you, oh, it's about carving out personal time. And that's very specifically for personal things. And then, you know, you draw a line in the sand, and you don't talk about the business at dinner. But the reality is, it bleeds over into every area of your life. And there are nights like uh, this week, there was a night where I said, can we just take one hour and just like watch a show or sit and have a conversation and not talk about willful? And it just just didn't happen the entire time we talked about willful and uh but last night we watched a movie and you know had wine and so i think it's just understanding that sometimes the cadence of the business or the stage that you're at is going to be all consuming and that's okay because that's why you're doing this uh but you have to have i would say more self-care routines that allow you to have that kind of mental clarity and then you do have to make an effort to sometimes remember that you're not just coworkers you're also mm-hmm. husband and wife and so you know you've got to step back and have those date nights as well for sure now you mentioned your well your well-being habits what are some of those yeah so i mean i think it's tough right when you're in a company of this size, I'd love to tell you that, you know, I turn off at a certain time every night and I take every weekend to recharge and relax. But the truth is, you know, I'm very conscious of the stage that I'm in in my life. I don't have kids yet. I don't have pets. Uh, my husband and I run the business together. I'm not allowed to leave my home because of COVID anyways. So I work a lot, but I love working. I'm passionate about it. And this phase of my life is all about soaking up as much learning as I can about scaling a company from, you know, zero to hopefully tens of millions of dollars. So you know, my self-care things that I do to maintain clarity, the biggest one is working out. Uh, I like working out for my physical health, but for me, I'm not someone who meditates. I'm not very spiritual. So um, my version of mindfulness is very intense exercise. So I do Barry's boot camp classes every day at 7am. Maybe one or two days a week, I wake up and say, Nope, absolutely not today. But I'm typically doing uh, three to five of those classes a week. And I find those are my those are my kind of meditation sessions to just leave it all on the yoga mat and to, uh, to sweat and feel good about myself. And I always just feel more energized after. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I every week, like clockwork, my body turns off at 5 p.m. on a Friday and I don't think about work unless there's some sort of extenuating circumstance from Friday at 5 until Sunday afternoon, which is when I do a lot of my catch-up stuff. So for me, that's really a conscious decision where I don't believe you can work seven days a week and be productive and recharge and come to your company the best version of yourself. So a combination of exercise and that you know, almost 48 hours of a break every week is really crucial for me for my mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, it's gotta be so hard. Uh, 
you know, separating yourself from the phone too. I, I, I myself am an entrepreneur. I'm a voiceover artist and, a, and a, I'm on the radio and blah, 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 blah. I have this podcast, all these things. And I just find that like every 20 minutes, there's an email coming in that's like, hey, Andrea, can you voice this for us? Can you do this for us? And it's wonderful. I feel so happy to be in that situation. Um, but I've definitely seen as my business has grown, it's harder to separate myself from my phone, from my computer. And also, um, I find that, and maybe you can agree with this, the more my business grows, the the more my spiritual side kind of goes to the side. It's been feeling okay though, because in a sense that it's like, I'm really excited about what, what I'm building and, and you've probably experienced that too, but it can be just like, whatever those rituals are, you know, it's exercise, you know, it's a glass of wine and some bad TV at night. If those are what you can manage, then that's great. And if it feels good, then that's exactly all that needs to be happening right now, you know? Yeah, it's such a great point. First of all, I knew that you had to be a voice artist or something because your your voice could lull me to sleep. It is a great, uh, as my dad said, he always joked, uh, you have a face for radio. I promise you is actually funny, <laughs> but you you have a voice for for being a voiceover artist. So I love that. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, there's a, a lot of guilt that comes with being an entrepreneur, and I'm sure you identify with that as well, where, you know, if I do sit down to watch an episode of The Bachelorette or to watch a movie, sometimes I'm like, what should I be doing something else? You know, there's this hustle culture in entrepreneurship, specifically in the tech industry, where, you know, it's glorified to work 24 seven, it's glorified to only get four hours of sleep and to wake up at 5am and to, you know, work 100 hour weeks for years and years and years until you have this massive IPO, and then you just buy an island somewhere. And I think it's less glamorized, these stories of growing slowly, but surely and, you know, enjoying your life along the way. And as much as I've decided that this is the phase of my life where I am going to throw myself into my work, I also know that I'm in my mid thirties. I don't want to ignore my friends and family. I don't want to be one of those people who wakes up when their company sells and realizes that they've abandoned all the relationships that actually helped them get there. So mm. I think you kind of have to let go of a bit of that guilt. And also I think we play a role as leaders in not glamorizing it. You know, I don't email or Slack message my team after 6 p.m. I'll save it in drafts or I'll send it the next morning. I do regularly talk to my team about, you know, mental health, taking days off, using time when, you know, avoiding burnout, all of those things. And you set an example. So me taking days off and showing them that I'm doing things outside of work because you really set an example. And if we can start talking about how important it is to, not hustle, I think more entrepreneurs will hopefully feel okay about their own decisions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was my parents live in Winnipeg. And I was talking to them the other day. And I was telling them all about work stuff and more work stuff and more work stuff. And then my dad was just like, Hey, but kid, have you done anything like fun lately? Like, have you done anything creative lately? Not to say my work wasn't creative, but he was meaning like, have you have you been playing? Have you been playful? And I realized that I was like, uh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was Zooming with some friends and, uh, I, you know, went for a big long walk the other day. But I, I was it was kind of one of those moments where I was like, wow, maybe I am forgetting to play. 
it's a, such a great reminder. And it's so funny because play is a word that's really reserved for, I think, children, right? You were saying mm-hmm. you have uh, you have a child and congratulations. That's so exciting. Um, adults don't play in our society, specifically in North American society. And so it's, it's very true. Like it, it is really this culture of work, sleep, work, sleep, maybe drink some wine in between to keep your sanity. Uh, but I love this idea of, of play being important. And actually, as we go into the holidays this year, I think uh, a lot of companies are going to be forcing that play because they know that this year has just been so tough for people and that mentally, I think everyone is so burnt out, not to mention the challenges of not being able to see family. So hopefully it's something we can all do over the holidays. Mm-hmm. And you know, Play is so important, but also like I can hear the passion in you talking about what you're building and 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 setting those goals and building something and, and growing something is honestly so exciting. And a lot of people listening, they have these big goals for 2021 and they are very empowered hearing someone like you speak about their their journey of entrepreneurship and you know the different businesses you've worked in. You um you you have so many hats in fact you are a marketing expert you um you help other startups you have the bike wine tour company <laughs> in Prince Edward County which is amazing your marketing magazines top 30 under 30 so there's a very you have a very long list of accomplishments so a question i would have for you is um how do you make sure you're setting goals and reaching them? Like, how do you hold yourself accountable? That's a really good question. I mean, I think first, the thing that you don't hear in the list of accolades is all of the failures that happened in between them. And I think it's really important to highlight that every time you read someone's bio, whether mine or some, you know, a famous person's or whatever, they're only talking about the high points in those bios. They're not talking about the valleys, they're only talking about the peaks. And personally, I mean, I worked at a startup that ran out of money. I was laid off on a conference call before, you know, being laid off on a conference call was commonplace due to COVID. Uh, so I've definitely had my shares of cha- my share of challenges as well. Um, and I think that's important to call out. Um, can you remind mm-hmm. me of the question? Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I love hearing that. I think that's so good. It's like, it's true. All of our websites and our Instagrams, it's all our highlight reel. But um, it's just interesting to hear from you. Like you do have those, these amazing, amazing accomplishments, which yeah, there's low points, but those high points are so wonderful. And, and there's something to be so proud of. And so obviously it's a lot of hard work, but I would be interested to know how do you set the goals and like, and keep reaching them? Yes, you can tell that, I, that we're recording this on a Friday afternoon because my ability to retain the question in my head as I answer something first is completely gone out of my brain. <laughs> <That's> um, <okay. laughs> I swear I have not even had wine yet. Uh, <laughs> the goals. I mean, uh, I, it's interesting. I mean, I was telling you about my friends who launched a mindfulness journal and I'm, I'm not a big journaler. I'm not someone who you know, writes down my goals or has a vision board, although I am starting to do this this monthly journal because I, I want to try it out. But I think for me, it's always just, I, I have a lot of self-accountability. I don't know if it's from going to journalism school and being able to operate really well under deadlines and just hold myself accountable, but I've always just kind of had a an annual reflection where I say, okay, what's this year going to be about? You know, is this year going to be about travel or is this year going to be about throwing myself into my career and more about like, what's the goal in 10 or 20 years, right? If I look at my life in 20 years, where I hope to be is that 
I've had some sort of success in my career such that I can start an investment fund and invest in non-traditional founders, whether that's women, people of color, or people like my husband, Kevin, who was in trades before starting a company and found it very difficult to find investment. Uh, and I hope that I'm on the board of a public company, which is one of my big goals. Uh, and I hope that I'm involved with a lot of charities. So I kind of think about that end goal for my career. And then I work backwards, almost like a work back schedule and say, okay, if I want to be on the board of a public company, let's start with being on a committee at a charity. And then hopefully I can work up to being on a board at a nonprofit, which I am now. And then maybe the next step is being on the board of a private company. And, um, you know, so kind of just looking at these steps and the building blocks of where that end goal, what needs to happen for that end goal to happen. And then just kind of working towards that. So I'd say I'm not really granular about writing down my goals, looking at them all the time, reflecting on them, although I probably should be, but I have this vision of where I want my career to go. And I'm constantly trying to do things that are going to move me closer in that direction. I think that that's incredible though. That's your way of setting those goals is saying what you want and then doing the work back schedule. And my husband who's in operations basically has a work back schedule for our entire life. And when he starts doing that work back schedule, okay, Andrea, you want to get, let's say a cottage someday. Um, let's look at our actual timelines of life. You know, when would that make sense? Let's look at our accounts. Da, 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 da. He has our whole life on a work back cycle. And I do find it really refreshing because it is this tangible way of putting your goals on a timeline. It's great. I love that though. I mean, um, yeah, it sounds like you have a lot of spreadsheets in your life, which is uh -huh. also what I've heard from my friends who are married to finance people, uh, that, you know, their, their life operates on spreadsheets, but yep. I think it's just that idea of, you know, I consider myself to not be a, a, a really mindful person because when I think of mindfulness, I think of meditation and yoga and all of these things that just don't resonate with me and I don't spend my time on. But if you reframe it to think of mindfulness as, being aware of where you are and where you're going, then I'm extremely mindful. I know exactly where I want to go in life. I know exactly the work that I need to put in to get there. And maybe that'll change along the way because, you know, not every plan is going to go according to plan. But uh, I'm definitely very mindful about my vision for my life and for my career. And uh, sounds like your household is too. And that's what being mindful mostly is all about. Honestly, it's being mindful in the way that works for you. And you know, one, one of my last questions I would love to know is, do you have any mantras that keep you motivated? We love a good mantra on this show. Well, I, I'm definitely the person that makes fun of insp inspirational quotes on Instagram, but uh, <laughs> I do like mantras. So uh, yeah, I mean, a big one for me is, my husband actually calls me Mary Poppins because he says that it, I'm like annoyingly positive. And even when something bad happens, I'm like, okay, but look at the good side. It could be worse. Like this, people are dying around the world, you know, and you just had this setback. So, uh, you know, when people ask me why I'm so positive, I always refer back to my mom. She was super positive when I was growing up. We're very, very close. And I asked her one time, you know, how do you always maintain such a positive attitude? And she said, it's simple. I view positivity as a choice. And it's a choice I make every day when I get up. So every day that I'm feeling like crap, or I'm in a bad mood, I always say, I'm choosing to be pessimistic today and that's okay. Some days you are, but at most days I get up and I choose positivity. And I think framing it as a choice versus something that happens to you is a really interesting distinction. That is so good. That is so true. <clears throat> positivity is choice. How true. 
Now, um, you are uh, the ambassador for the Norton LifeLock powered by TELUS online security campaign. This is something that uh, we're going to be talking about a little bit more next month, actually, uh, which is being mindful of your online security presence as a tech entrepreneur. This is something that I'm sure is very top of mind. But what can you tell us about this? Yeah, so it's funny. In my business, we I always say we don't sell wills. We sell peace of mind. You know, we're really helping to lift this weight off someone's shoulder and to, to help them say, you know, I got this and I can sleep a little bit better at night. And I think that is a huge part of online security. And we went through an issue about a decade ago now where my husband Kevin's identity was stolen. Someone was impersonating him online. And it was just this big mess where you know, it kind of made him lose trust. And he went through this big practice of updating all his privacy settings. And and since then has been much more mindful about the information he shares and where he's putting it. But, um, you know, as I became an entrepreneur, I thought about it more because you know this as an entrepreneur as well. You know, your credit score is everything as an entrepreneur. If you can't get credit, you'll never be able to get a loan or to be able to support your business financially. So I've always been really aware that, if I ever did have an identity theft or, you know, if someone opened an account in my name and trashed my credit score, that could really pose a risk to my career as an entrepreneur. Uh, not to mention just it's a huge hassle to um, remember a jillion passwords. So I've started using things like password managers, which is part of the solution. So to me, uh, when the TELUS team approached me about this, I've worked with them in the past on a bunch of their small business initiatives. And it just made so much sense because I'm already pretty diligent about this in my life. And this solution just gives you kind of a way to manage that all in one place. Uh, yeah, I think it's really about peace of mind. And it's definitely something that fits into this category of mindfulness. Mm-hmm. And this whole that whole topic of like, sec- your security online is going to be something that we're going to start thinking about more and more and more in the next few years. And in the next decade, I mean, this is going to be, you know, top of mind for many of us. Now it sort of seems like until something happens to you or someone you know, you kind of take your chances. But then uh, more and more, there's increased risk of of us, uh, our identities and our personal information being compromised online. So very cool initiative to be part of. And Erin, it's been so good having you on the show today. How can people find out more about you? Well, I'm pretty easy to find. I'm at Erin Burry on pretty much every social channel, E-R-I-N-B-U-R-Y, and Willful is uh, Willful, W-I-L-L-F-U-L dot C-O. Amazing. Thanks, Erin. Thanks, Andrea. Have a good one. Thanks, Aaron Burry, and thanks so much to today's sponsor, TELUS Online Security, powered by Norton LifeLock. Raise your hand if you're online an absolute ton these days. Oh, yeah. Mine's way up there. It's the only place I have a social life. I don't know about you. That's why TELUS Online Security with Norton LifeLock have partnered to provide Canadians an all-in-one solution to help protect your devices, online privacy, personal information, and so much more, which is just so important these days. You know, now more than ever, it's important that we're proactively protecting ourselves from online threats, especially during this more connected than ever period. Um, Norton LifeLock is simple to use and packages range from $10 to $30 a month. So you can literally protect your life and the most important things 
for that low cost each month. You can learn more about how to get geared up with this all-in-one online security solution at telus.com slash online security. If you need that again, you can find it in the show notes of today's episode. Now stay tuned because this season we're also going to have an episode on mindful internet use and protecting yourself online, which I keep saying is so important, but it's really only a matter of time until... Mine, yours, so many people's personal information is compromised online. In the meantime, uh, before we get to those episodes and so many more in the next few weeks, join the community at Mindful Mostly on the gram and at mindfulmostly.com. And we'll be back here with a brand new episode very soon. So I'll catch you next time right here on Mindful Mostly.